Mana 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 this is Social Discasting. Welcome to Social Discasting, a podcast where my guests and I discuss our lives amidst the wanton hellscape in which we find ourselves. I am Brandon, aka Brandon. Hope you're well. My guest is my former roommate and current, and still, longtime friend who pushed me, pushed me, what? Push for me to get hired of Blockbuster Video so many moons ago, and now look at this, talking on a podcast during a pandemic just as we planned. Please welcome <laughs> Steve. Hey. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm, I'm doing actually. <laughs> oh. <laughs> really, I'm I'm doing pretty well. I am in the last stretch of uh, a long degree program, and I'm excited. Though you know, at the the last stretch of everything becomes the the crunch time, and so stress is high as well. But what do you have to do? Um. There are certain requirements. It depends on the degree program, but for mine specifically, uh, I have to do a research project that produces a dissertation or some write-up of it, uh, of the the research that I've done. And then I have to go through a, call it a qualification process through a committee that decide whether or not I'm ready for that level of competence. Mm Mm-hmm declared with uh with a piece of paper it's impressive as hell because i know how long just the amount of work i mean just as a casual observer you know to this and of it but it's a hell of a lot of work i'll uh i'll admit that it's not something that you should do without knowledge beforehand and then the uh the the personal desire and drive to do it yourself so it's tough and and if you push yourself i think most people could probably do it but you really have to want it the glory at the end of the road doesn't usually produce a a pool of, of gold coins. I don't know why that's always my my uh, my metric for supreme wealth is DuckTales reference. It's got to be a pool of gold coins. Am I right? <laughs> am I mm, <laughs> correct? Question mark. <laughs> that is though what it is. Oh, there's a giant vault and he swims in gold coins. But when you get, you know what I almost said? When you get older, as if like this is a thing we all realize. <laughs> but I was about to, but when you get older, you realize, A, those are very dirty coins. And B, that's going to really hurt. <laughs> like a lot it's not swimmable i would dare say regardless of whether you are or are not a very wealthy older duck you definitely want a lifeguard i mean that's probably a very <laughs> yeah i think having a lifeguard on board and probably like a medic is probably <laughs> worth it and probably some kind of medevac helicopter because i just think it's not going to end well pretty quickly <laughs> if you have a, a pool of gold coins you can afford it that's for sure and this is all a scenario, hopefully. <laughs> okay, question though. What will the piece of paper say when you do graduate? Meaning, well, like, contextualize for people, like, what it is you're doing. So it would be a, a philosophical degree in science uh, for the completion of, I don't know, whatever program, entomology. I mean, that's the program I'm in, but I, I'm not sure what the the exact wording will be. It's a PhD, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to go by doctor? No, <laughs> please don't. That was a genuine question. <laughs> oh, okay. But yeah, now that I no, know uh, your weakness, okay, I got it. I would prefer not. I don't know. I don't, I don't think carrying that, that title around has any benefit to me i don't know i think it's more of a an isolating thing uh, like i'm supposed to be held in some reverence no no i'm just a dude that, that decided to vote his life to, <laughs> to academics and oh man well i just know that you're gonna get a piece of paper and you're also gonna get some kind of like jacket that all professors have to wear that have like the patches on the elbows to oh, show wow. you've achieved achieved like true academia i thought you were you were gonna talk about the very rare uh, unknown uh, letterman's jacket that we 
we have. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> did, now, did they go with the giant P, the H, or the D? Or is it three small PhDs together? PH in the front and, and a big old D on the back. The mullet of academic varsity jackets? <laughs> P in the front, HD in the back. <laughs> well, we walk in groups and, and crowds of people and threaten them menacingly with, with looks of... <laughs> The most studious pack of West Side Story-esque people. We are testosterone-driven people. <laughs> <laughs> the Jets and the Sharks of people weathered by the academic system. <laughs> okay, so this is to get back to and also probably to clarify for myself or whatever. I, I misremember or don't remember at all. But we met when I walked in to apply for a job at Blockbuster Video at a place that I went to as a as a customer so much to the point where I seem to remember that it was said after I was hired, we have to stop hiring people who come here a lot. <laughs> was that it was something like that? Well, it was it actually referred specifically to you. So I, I pushed <laughs> I pushed for you because the my thought was, you know, this guy knows so much about movies. It's like a, you know, first round draft pick that we're getting for free and <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing, right? So, so yeah. I I fought for you, and they hired you, and and yeah, it was it was pointed out like, hey, we try to avoid people that that give us a lot of money. Yeah, and, uh, that's this guy, and now he gets all the movies <laughs> that he would have been paying for for yeah. free, and not just that. Bad news, you paid. We me. did, we did. That's right. They well, I didn't specifically, but that's yes, fair. They, they paid you. That's fair. I should also mention, I embezzled money, but I'll probably delete this. It's fine. Statute of limitations is not a big deal. Hopefully, it's it's clean money now and well spent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Blockbuster's doing great, and I don't have a bad conscience about it. <laughs> <laughs> I had nothing to do with it. Yeah, everything went perfectly after that giant Super Bowl advertisement with no late fees. Everything was <laughs> super great after that. Feels like a cliche almost, but like that will always be the greatest job I've ever had. It was um, so much fun. I enjoyed it a whole lot. The pay was kind of garbage, but I'll definitely carry the memories with me and and really happy memories forever. Yeah, the wages were lacking. I mean, but that's where the embezzlement comes in, right? The health insurance was really good, though. Yeah, I was thriving for sure, making money, driving convertibles. <laughs> Just as we all do, and that's the ultimate quantifier for money, of course. But Blockbuster was amazing, and we did do work, too. But there were also many times when perhaps we did not, and that was fun. Well, to be fair, we were really good at what we did, and I, I think we, we allotted ourselves enough time to keep morale up. Yeah, I mean, at one point, we had the clamshells that were the uh, cases for the VHSs for the Disney animated films, and had them lined up like in between the cases or whatever, the racks, and had a giant table ball and we're bowling with that and that was great that and all the secret shoppers that i seem to happen to get almost every time i got four in a row yeah they paid well if you did well yeah that's why i always or would you like to have a drink and a snack and then he had to say yeah. a thing and so i think i would say do, would you like fanta and poppycock <laughs> That snack that we had Because <laughs> I'm like, hey, look, it's technically correct. These are ticking the boxes of what you want us to offer. You got to have a, a little a little glee in your life. And these uh, these mystery shoppers, I can't imagine that they're so invested in the company that, well, he did it, but he didn't do it in a way that really made me want to, <laughs> really made me want to buy some candy, so. <laughs> no, just the idea that that would have to be, I mean, these are not people that are traveling the world going to blockbusters being like, hmm. We have strict parameters, and this person offering poppycock, that is simply uncouth. Like, no, they're just people that are like, you want to make a little bit of money and just, like, rent a movie on a Friday? <laughs> yep. 
And then you want to fill out like really basic paperwork. You're like, sure. I like the ridiculous nature of of an elite mystery shopper. <laughs> the, the, yeah. Oh the oh the memories of the blockbuster in Madrid. <laughs> I like the idea too. It's like. How do you always get like the secret shopper? She has her fur coat and a monocle. It's pretty obvious <laughs> who that person is. Her name is Miriam, and she's got an English accent. It's very clear. <laughs> and she's so easy to please. You know, she seems worldly, but she actually really likes Poppycock. And Fanta is like maybe not her favorite. I mean, I think she likes Surge more, but she does like Fanta. Fanta is one of those that is that that carries with it a tune. I can't hear the the word Fanta without. I got that stupid song stuck in my head now. There are certain there are certain words that draw upon certain music. Mm, a musical incantation. Yeah, Mentos. Oh God. <laughs> oh, now you're drunk with power. Oh, <laughs> the Mentos always gets him. <laughs> Oh, speaking of Blockbuster, I saw a movie last night that was uh, I thought was pretty interesting. What's that? You may you probably have seen it. You are a master of movies. Oh, um, Horse Girl. I've not seen that. I know of it, though. Ooh, it was interesting. I don't know much about it. I, the name certainly sticks mm. out. What is the spoiler-free logline of this movie? What's it about in what genre? It is horror. Uh, no, not horror. Suspense thriller. Thriller suspense psychological thriller and i'm assuming she's not like half girl half horse because i guess that would be a minotaur no no that's exactly what it is you have it right not i don't even know why i would go any further that's exactly what it is she's half horse half woman centaur horse woman and that's it okay i guess we're done recording because i knew (laughs) that and that's it yeah what's about uh so no it's it's presented like this uh that this woman is going through a psychological break though in the background there's obviously something else going on or at least it's also presented like Ooh, maybe, possibly, but it's uh, it's only suggested, to be honest, either way, if that makes any sense. Interesting. Is this on, what is it, on Netflix or something? It's on Netflix. Okay, so Horse Girl, I looked it up, stars Alison Brie, co-written by Alison Brie with the director Jeff Bania. This is actually, yeah, now that I look at it, it's actually a movie that I've been wanting to see, but it's actually funny you mentioned Horse Girl because there is a movie that I saw a couple days ago that she co-stars in, and it was written by, written and directed by, actually, her husband, Dave Franco, and... It is a, it's like a slasher movie, honestly, like kind of a throwback in a way slasher movie, but it's got psychological elements. It's not reinventing like the horror wheel by any stretch, but it is like, it seems like he knows the genre and it's kind of fun. I know some reviews have said it was kind of boring, but I liked it quite a bit. I thought it was kind of slick and I think he has potential as a director, but yeah, it's just four people, two couples rent an Airbnb that isn't a, just out of the forest, but it's right by a cliff next to the ocean and it's beautiful and then just things don't don't go right. And uh, I liked it quite a bit, actually. Hmm. That's what I said. Hmm. And, and well, and, and what's it called? Like, you've kept me in suspense. I... The Rental. Oh. Yeah. I can make it a more dramatic title if you want. Yeah. Yes, please. The Rental on Death Cliff. Whoa. Yeah. It's weird. You wouldn't think it was a horror movie. But if you read that last part of the title, you're like, mm, this might be a horror movie. Mm, it could be. Yeah, I don't think it, it is but a, a simple caper. No, I think it's far more than that. Now, it's uh, it's well done. I don't think it's like revelatory, like I said, but it's interesting. What is it on? It's on VOD. 
So it currently costs money because it just came out. But yeah, maybe, you know, maybe I'm sure it'll get to the streamers or whatever eventually. But I don't know that it's like something so transcendently great that you have to get it now. Is that the, the term for streaming companies is the streamers? I have no idea. And the fact that I even said it, it really annoyed me. <laughs> so I said the streamers. And I went, mm, I don't like that at all. But I did see a documentary today that was like 40 minutes and it's on Netflix and it's all about competitive Rubik's Cube solvers. Oh, interesting. It's kind of cool, actually. Speed Cubers, I think they call it, which I think is actually what they call them. I, I thought it was uh, it was one of those impossible tasks, but as I looked into it a little bit more, it's you know algorithmic. Once you get certain formations, you just have certain twists and then you get to the, the solution and then it becomes a, a matter of practice, I mean, the whole time. And so you can get yourself to under 60 seconds if you really work your butt off at it so you know they show part of the world championship it's a character study where it shows you the two main people in the world at it and how incredible they are and they also talk to some other people and they kind of get an idea of just the backstory on it and these people it's it's actually you know 40 minutes it's it's pretty cool just as kind of a, a window into for me a world I, i'm just not terribly aware of, aware of but in the championship you know they do a certain amount of tries and then they average it out for the just the regular rubik's cube the three by three they're averaging like seven and a half seconds what somebody got seven like 7.3 seconds and the way the analysts were like oh wow i don't think he's gonna get a podium like that's what they were saying and i'm like this what? is I know, but it's like seven and a half seconds. And when somebody did poorly, like surprisingly poorly, they literally said it was like, we're about to enter a new era of competitive cubing. <laughs> I mean, and that's their thing. So right on. But it was like said in a way that was just like, oh, wow. I watched the, the entire series of that um, 90s Bulls run. Oh, man, it was good. It's pretty great. It was good. The Last Dance. Yeah, yeah. Well, the funny thing is that it was billed as a Jordan documentary when, I mean, of course, like he's the centerpiece, as you would expect, but it's a documentary about the Bulls. But everybody talked about it as a Jordan thing. Well, it covers him really well. And there is a, a central focus on Jordan, of course, but Jordan was the central part of the team. So it's kind of hard for that not to be the case, I think. Jordan's like one of the biggest stars in the world ever. So that that's yeah. also important. Yeah. Well, the other funny thing is, too, that I think two of the producers are two of his closest confidants. And when they brought a cut of the documentary to him, Jordan had some changes. So it's very... And like, what can you do if he says like, no, you can't use my interviews? You don't have a documentary. So he had a lot of leverage. It's a pretty favorable docuseries for a reason toward him. Yeah, it, it definitely presents him as one of the most competitive people to have ever lived. And I, I believe that to be actually the case so no he's an absolute maniac so is tom brady like all these people that are just singularly focused at whatever cost it doesn't matter it's truly all they care about is winning yeah. and jordan is considered by some if not many to be like the most competitive son of a bitch ever like he'll compete at anything yeah i believe that there was a profile i think by wright thompson in espn the magazine and it was all about how like he's obsessive and he gets obsessed with different things including you know golf and gambling and that he would compete against friends at sudoku because he got really into Sodoku at one point. <laughs> and the idea of that is very funny to me. Was it like timed competitions? Or... I don't know. <laughs> I just have the idea that his friends too are just like so tired all the time. <laughs> like, man, dude, it's... Look, Mike, it's 4 a.m. We played Sudoku so many times. I am so tired. Can I just give you the money? Like, <laughs> I, I lost. <laughs> I, didn't, I admit defeat. <laughs> And I think, too, he's probably a guy who's like also the maniac where it's like, you have to try or he won't accept his win. He might accept your money, but he probably won't accept the win as like true competition. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure.
it's it's shocking that he doesn't have a ton of close friends. Truly shocking. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny too that they talk about how you know it's not a one to one thing to where if you're great at a thing that you're a great evaluator at other people that are great at that thing. He was a GM and he's an owner too of the Charlotte Bobcats or the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, Charlotte Hornets now. And they're like, yeah, he's just not a good evaluator of talent because he's an absolute maniac who just doesn't have a normal perspective of what a player is because he's just an anomaly. If you are your litmus and you are the absolute best, it would be impossible for you to be able to gauge anything else. Yeah, you would think so, right? It makes sense to me. Yeah. I think also, though, if you're a competitive maniac, you maybe only can relate to other competitive maniacs. And a lot of those on a team is not going to go well <laughs> at all. Oh, speaking of understanding things, did uh, did you ever did you ever get that riddle? that i sent you i didn't i it's funny when i texted you about doing this tonight i was like oh yeah that <laughs> do you want to do it here yeah it doesn't matter i want to know what the answer is well i could give you the answer or you you could have more time to think about it and let me just read the stupid thing after a long journey through a dense wood a woman approaches two doors each door guarded by a hooded man an ethereal voice says beyond these doors is your future behind one is bliss everything you've ever wanted behind the other is only pain and suffering these men guard the truths to their door you may ask only one question of one of these men be warned one of these men speaks only truth while the other tells only lies she asked her question then opens the door to bliss what question did she ask of which man to know which door led to bliss you know apparently there's a, a derivative of that that riddle or, or maybe that's that's where i've heard i, I don't remember but uh a derivative in the movie the labyrinth okay i mean that makes sense because it sounded familiar on familiar level. yeah yeah okay just spoiler alert what is the answer because i thought about it for a second and then i lost my train of thought so the answer is that she would ask either one, it doesn't matter which one, what the other one would say is the door to bliss. And so the logic there is the one that tells the truth would point out that the other one would lie. And so he would point at the opposite door of bliss. Uh, and then the liar, of course, when referring to what the person that, that would be honest would say, would lie then and say the opposite door. And so all she would have to do is choose the opposite door of the one that was identified. Yeah, that is exactly like at a labyrinth. Yeah, apparently so. And, and I, I didn't remember it. So, and I presented it to another friend and he was like, oh, yeah, out, out of the labyrinth. And I was like, dang it. <laughs> well, I saw, I mean, the funny thing is that I hadn't seen that movie in a while, but like two years ago, maybe I saw it when they were playing it at the local art house in the oh, theater because right I'd seen it plenty of times, but to see it in the theater for the first time was really cool. Yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing that beats the, the, the ambiance of a theater. If you can get, I, I think any movie really is better in the theater. I think so. Although it, it's a bummer because I don't want to go to a theater for a long, long time with everything, honestly. <laughs> Well, you can just, you, you have the money to just like buy your own private theater, right? Well, that's true. <laughs> I should disclose that I have my own oil well and yeah. it's, <laughs> um, business is good. Uh, tip of the cap. Have you not, have you not told people about your oil well? Is this some, some kind of secret? No, I, actually, I wouldn't call it a secret, but if anybody's asked me, I've said, no, that's not true. Who told you that? So if that's a secret, I guess it's a secret, but I have vehemently denied it. <laughs> you're, you're living out some Daniel Day-Lewis fantasy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what a delightful fantasy of being an actual psychopath. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. I'm just living the bachelor life and fantasy of an actual psychopath i left my boy i abandoned my child <laughs> i think that sounded more like bane than i did actually <laughs> i live in the shadows <laughs> i abandoned my child my boy <laughs> 
<laughs> I was born in the shadows. <laughs> I abandoned my boy. My boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm finished. <laughs> Ridiculous. That's so stupid. <laughs> Daniel Bainview. Thank oh, you. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, congratulations you can you can edit all that out right oh boy no i'm just gonna make it louder so people can't deny it <laughs> let it be heard i know you like we talked about before you've been kind of for lack of a better phrase and that's so much to do we're trying to wrap up your phd studies as all of this and i don't know how much it's like changed your plan or your schedule for all this but with I guess, generally speaking, having more time with the pandemic and kind of the quarantine and the lockdown, has it allowed you to focus more on it or just, or what exactly? Yeah, I would say that the focus hasn't hasn't so much changed. The amount of effort that you kind of have to put in through it throughout is there's a pretty consistent high level of devotion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the, so the pandemic kind of offered more of a, a social justification. Uh, so no longer when you turn down offers of, of hanging out, uh, are you, I don't know, looked at or frowned at in a way. You can be like, oh, no, Corona can't come out. It's not work. I'm not so bogged down with work that I can't do anything. No, no, no. It's, the, it's this horrible virus. <laughs> it's I am not a hermit. Who told you that? It's gonna be hmm. stuck indoors. This, this. Oh, reminds me of these egregious rumors of a friend of mine who has oil, which he does not. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny though. Like I know for me that with the pandemic happening, you know, and it's. I mean, I I go out and do stuff, but now that I don't have the choice to not do something, now I get annoyed. You know, like I want the illusion yeah. of choice. <laughs> Yeah. I want the ability to say no to a thing. Something you didn't realize you had access to. Suddenly <laughs> yeah. it's taken taken away and hey, wait a minute. So there's that thing called buyer's remorse, but I get giver's remorse. So <laughs> I'll, I'll have a thing that I don't want. I've not used. And I'm like, I don't even know why I have this. And I go to give it to somebody and they're like, oh, this is cool. And immediately I'm like, wait a minute. I don't know if I want to give this away anymore. Let me reconsider. I I enjoyed not noticing it in the corner and it collecting dust. That made me feel good. (laughs) Let me rethink about it. Your excitement about it disturbs me. Kind of pissed off. Not going to (laughs) lie. Anyway, enjoy it. Wait, you said you've been watching a lot of stuff, too, and I know we talked about some of that. Yeah, yeah. What's the best thing you've watched, do you think? Because you're not an anime watcher, this isn't going to mean anything to you, okay? So, But for for those listeners that maybe watch anime, this may, yeah. So I'm I'm an avid anime watcher, and something that I've avoided was One Piece. Um, It's... Maybe yeah, most, I know about it, that. It is. It's, it's the most popular anime in the world. It's there the are so many for, episodes. Almost 20 years now. And yeah, there there are a thousand episodes more. And I was thinking, you know, it's, it's such an insurmountable task to start. Uh, well, the pandemic came up and I had a, a longtime friend suggest like, oh, it's one of my favorites. And I was like, fine. I caved. I started watching it. I have watched uh, 400 episodes in a, in a month. It's a ridiculous amount of watching, and I absolutely love it. I've heard, you know, the funny thing is about that show, I mean, as a number of episodes, obviously, that is incredibly intimidating. So much so that it makes me want to not even attempt it. I've heard that once you reach uh, 100 episodes, it guarantees that you're going to get replays. And so there's a certain amount of income that's assured with 100 episodes. And I wondered 10 times that, 1,000 episodes. <laughs> what does that mean for people? Like, oh, we'll replay that over the course of the next yeah. 30 years. For like syndication? 
yeah. mean, uh, I, yeah, I can't imagine that. Somebody told me that the fascinating thing about that is that, you know, it's almost like you think the more they do, you kind of associate that in my head with getting stale almost because it's like, what more can you do? But they said that this is a show that just keeps getting more interesting and kind of addictive as you go along in spite of the absurd amount of episodes. It's surprising. Yeah, you think after a certain point that they would have checked all the boxes, done all the possible things to have been done. But it's just this invisible scale of, of increasing effort and strength involved in the next level that you don't get to see and so every step of the way it seems like holy cow they're they're having to overcome this absolutely just impossible task and of course they do and that's a typical theme but they're able to to, yeah they're able to keep it fresh it's really interesting what are you watching it on verve actually vrv it's uh operated by crunchyroll okay Um, yeah i need to get crunchyroll like the i saw actually i think today that the subscriptions are up to crunchyroll just in light of of so many people being anime fans or maybe more and more just with quarantine and people getting into it more i'm not sure but i do need to join crunchyroll and just kind of enjoy all that and really get into it because like like you said i'm not against anime i just haven't kind of gone down that rabbit hole yet on my end and i've heard nothing but great stuff about one piece they cover all animation so it's not just japanese animation yeah uh they have like comedic animation out of north america and other options so there's a wide selection oh um i need to get into jojo harman harman quest is on the the app that i'm using do you know what oh, really? is? i know jojo's bizarre adventure i need to get into i've been told by many it's uh it's a classic it's definitely a yeah. classic it's um it's interesting for sure yeah i need to watch it for sure i just need to some of those classics i kind of just need to hit and also just to diversify honestly because they're just so there's just so much i'm missing by kind of not going down that rabbit hole so i need to fix that on my end i personally think so but you know anime is not for everybody and I, I I recognize that, so I try not to be, I guess, uh, overly pushy about it. Anime, anime, anime! Watch it, watch it, watch it, watch it! No, you're a fucking bully. <laughs> As you go around with your PhD jacket, just bullying non-anime viewers, it's yeah. You don't even know Hunter X Hunter. <laughs> yeah, I try not to be critical of you for that, but it's pretty fucking pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, me me and the other uh, doctoral students, and yeah. then afterwards, me and the other doctors will walk around in our letterman jackets and bully all of those stupid jocks and other nerds. Me and the other doctor bullies like to go around. <laughs> I like to go around seeing West Side Story-esque show tunes and bully people for not watching JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Seriously, my palms are bruised from how much snapping I've been doing. It's outrageous. Oh. Yeah, I mean, you should definitely take some more iron pills. Ah. Drink some more water. <laughs> so we need to wrap up because this okay. show does end eventually. Anything you want to point people toward before we say adieu? Uh, stay strong out there and happy. Yeah. I'm always about happiness. Yeah. Wear a mask. Oh, yeah, wear a mask and, you know, always keep your social distancing until we can get a vaccine for this thing, which hopefully, you know, isn't rushed in and is effective and... uh Hopefully sooner rather than later. And yeah, stay stay safe and healthy out there. Completely agreed. Just stay safe. Be well. Don't be too hard on yourself. You're not nailing whatever all of this is. Because none of us are. I mean, what does that even mean? But definitely wear a mask. Please. Do it. And thank you for listening. Hey, thank you for being on, obviously. Ah, thanks for having me. It's I, I always enjoy talking with you. And, and it, all it is is that recorded. So hey, this was fun. 
mm, it was okay. <laughs> that's how, yeah. No, it was great, uh, obviously. It's just weird to be formal at the end like that when this is, like you said, not anything different from what we normally do. So then it feels weird to be like, <clears throat> thank you for being on. <laughs> You're um, welcome, sir, and <laughs> kindly thank you. Mm, as the secret shopper once said, I bid you adieu. <laughs> thank you all for listening. Bye. Bye.